Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Why I decided to rent again and why most retirees should. Dallas, this is your baby. Thanks, Michael. I feel like I, sh- I should have probably done the intro since it's written <laughs> in the first person and I'm the one who decided to rent again. Uh, but yeah, so topic today, talking about um, renting versus owning your home. So yep. this is something that anyone who knows me has heard me bang many, many times. Uh, I still rent. Um, we've just actually signed a, a lease in a new place, uh, my wife and I, and Winston the baby and Larry the dog and everyone involved. And um, so the reason I thought about this is that obviously I've been thinking about it as it relates to my situation, but where I think this is interesting for most people who are listening to this is that the reasons why I decided to rent again line up a lot with why retirees or a lot of retirees should probably think about renting as well in retirement. Mm. So um, there's, there's, I guess, a few different reasons that I'll go through. And now I won't even really go into this in great detail as to the financial aspect of it because that is that is a one big part of it. Um, you've called me uh, Dr. Spock many times about the rational side of For many people, whether you rent or whether you own, doesn't really... Uh, you know, the financial side of it is one part of it, but it's more the emotional side of it. But financially, for a start, it still stacks up well for me to rent rather than own my own home. And so yep. the key here, and I feel like we could do 16 different podcasts about this, but the key is that if you're going to rent, basically your housing costs are less than what they would be if you if you own. The key is you have to actually take that difference and do something useful with it. Mm. So for me, I rent because that frees up cash flow every week that I can use for something else. So uh, to be invested into this business or to be contributed into super or to uh, be invested um, in, in, Nicola, uh, in our name, whatever we do with that, the key there is you can't say, I'm going to rent and then I'm going to have uh, more money spare every week, but I'm just going to blow that and then I'm going to somehow magically be in a better position. Yeah, you won't be in a better position. You might, you might have more fun, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you, but you won't you be in a better position. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so... The one that I've realised that as I'm going through this is when we look, if we just, I get, like I said, we can do another podcast separately as to why financially that mm. stacks up. Some of the things that I'm just going through now, though, that people are, um, reasons why people shoot holes in the idea of renting uh, versus homeownership is, you know, you've got to you've got to pay for removals, you've got to do all that. I'm doing that right now, and those numbers jump out at me as very cheap relative to maintaining a household. Yes. So. We can go into all the, all the other bits and pieces, but the financial costs of renting are very limited and they are, th- those, those costs are capped completely. So mm. Whatever your rent is every week, that is it. You know, bill, uh, and depending on where you are, a water bill or however you structure that. But mm. 
I know that I have to pay a removalist right now and then I move in and I pay a certain amount each week. That's it. I don't have to worry about when the air conditioners, um, you know, a blow up again or when do it, when Every 10 or 11 years <laughs> yeah. that happens, it's 15 to <laughs> $20,000, more like $20,000. Yeah. yeah, but I guess, so that's, to me, financially it stacks up still to rent. Mm. I'm a financial advisor. If it made sense to own my own house, I would. Um, I don't. So that should tell you that financially it does stack up. But I guess putting that aside, from the purely emotional part of it, and I experienced it as a, a real feeling of relief when we decided to continue to rent versus going and buying a house, is that it was actually a real weight off my mind. And, and there's a couple of reasons for this that I think uh, that the way that I thought about it, it lines up with a lot of retirees, is that number one, um, I know exactly what I want to live in for the next year or two. Mm. Beyond that, I don't really know. Mm. And what I mean by that is I can guess, I can, I can think of what I probably want our house to look like, but my wife, we're not finished having kids. We don't know how many kids we'll end up with. We don't know uh, a lot of those sorts of things. We don't know what house we're going to want to be in for the next 20 years, but I know for the next year or two what I want that to look like. Yes. Um, so that's a handy one. Um, you know, for example, uh, for me personally, uh, my parents were supposed to be uh, supposed to be in, in Ireland for the next six months. They're actually at, at home now. They might be coming to stay with us a bit more, so it makes mm. sense to potentially pay a bit more in rent at the moment, have a guest room for them, a few things like that. Mm. Uh, so all these things where I go, well, I know I know what I'm biting off is, and I know what I'm renting suits me and suits our lifestyle right now. It suits that for the next 12 to 24 months. Mm. Uh, separate to what we actually want is obviously what we can afford. And so... Uh, you know, our income as, as business owners uh, of Lighthouse is that we've talked about this a lot before. We charge a percentage uh, of, our, of our clients' retirement savings. When when investment markets drop by thirty five percent, our income drops by thirty five percent. Yeah, and, that's and right. we experienced that earlier in the year. I, I I I know what I can afford for the next couple of years. Beyond mm. that, our income is variable, and so mm. to me, it's it's a real relief, it's a real weight of my mind to be able to adjust my housing costs based on on what our income does in a couple of years' time. Yeah. Um, and that, I guess, is, is probably where I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you because I've been, I've been talking for five minutes now. But what struck me was that this is exactly what people are probably thinking and feeling and experiencing in those, especially in those early years of retirement, is, is that they've got the same issues. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what they want, what they need, and they don't really know what they can afford. Absolutely. And they don't actually know where they want to be. Mm. And it, it, it's it's really variable because um, we find that a lot of our clients that are retiring, um, their adult children yeah. have moved somewhere yeah. or in a, about to move somewhere or they yeah. may be about to move somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, um, and oftentimes the grandparents want to fo- follow the kids and the yep. grandkids yep. of course yep. to to move somewhere new yeah yep. um we talk about stress testing things yeah before you buy anyway yeah i mean we're talking about something more longer term in renting longer term yep. in this podcast here um but 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 certainly certainly if you're looking you know if you've retired or you're retiring and you're looking to move then um then you would be looking to rent because yeah. you want to stress test that yeah. you have found the right place to move to. Um, yeah, you found the right area yep. in that place. Yep. Um, and and 
to your point as well, Dallas, uh, with in terms of in terms of um, I guess affordability as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. There is some variance there yeah. in terms of. So I think so. That's as I break it down. The, the first thing there of what what do you actually what do you want or need in in terms of your housing? Um, these are just off the top of my head. I just thought of these variables for for people who are newly retired or that are leading up to retirement. Here's some of the things that they that they need to think about or have worked out before they can really commit to being uh, somewhere long term. Is you know, are your kids going to be staying with you? you? I thought you were going to make the joke before about for most people their kids have moved away and then moved back and then moved away and moved back. Well, that happens quite a bit as well. So they they've potentially got kids or family staying with them, mm. grandkids coming to stay with them. Mm. Um, you know, and again, this this is these are then all things that you can then do the trade off of. Well. We've talked about this. It may not be worth having a guest room or a spare room or whatever if you've only got, you know, family coming to stay with you two nights a week or something like that, two yeah. nights a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, are, are people going to be coming and staying with you? Do you need a guest room? Um, and these are all things to me that change over time, and particularly in these early years of retirement. You know, mm-hmm. whether your kids are coming and staying with you or living with you for a period of time, that's going to change a lot in that first five to ten years. You, you yeah. would hope that it gets less likely as they as they get older. But you might have kids staying with you, you might have grandkids staying with you, and, and how often and, and how long they stay with you for, that will be variable. Uh, how are you going to be spending your time at home? Do you, do you need a home gym? Are you, do, you need a, do you want a pool? Do you want, um, you know, where are you going to be spending all your time at home? Do you, do you want a spare room where you can do um, whatever, your, whatever your hobbies are, craft or whatever it is? Do you need that? How are you going to be spending your time at home? Um, what are your hobbies and where are they? Do, where, do you, where do you spend your time outside of the home and how can you make sure that you're close enough to make that feasible? Mm. These, are all, these are all the sorts of things. And then as you touched on there, that separate, that's, that's I think things that people don't think about. The, the, other, the big ones that people do think about is where do our friends live and where do our family mm. live and, and are they going to be there for the long term? So. Yeah, so, and, and so if you're renting, because all those things change yeah. over... A time period, yeah. Um, you can move with the times a lot, mm. a lot more agile. Yep. As opposed to buying. Yeah. Um, I think buying and owning a house um, throughout retirement is a luxury, yep. and and it's a trade off as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with a a client of mine, really good client. Um, we've mentioned Liz in the podcast before. Yeah. She loves travel. Yep. And she was in a house that still had. Yeah, a debt on it, a home loan on it, and it wasn't the right house for her. So she's going to have to sell it at some stage anyway. Yeah. Um, what was she? Was she going to buy? Or was she going to rent? What it came down to the equation was that if she rented, she could rent a much nicer place yeah. than she could afford to own. Yeah. Plus, she could also spend roughly an extra fifteen thousand dollars a year on travel. Yep. Um, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars extra a year on tr- travel for the first twenty-five years of her retirement. Yep. Uh, so, so, so that's the, that's the, it comes back to a financial yeah. element and we always try to put that back to a, what does it cost a year? Yeah. What does it cost a year? Yep. So the holding cost, um, of that, that, yeah, the, the property or the right type of property for her was going to be an extra 15000 to $20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And it was illiquid. In yep. that you couldn't access yep. any of the capital if you needed it. So, yep. so if she sold and rented, she could actually yep. purposely run that 
money, money down, down. Yep. over the first 25 years, which means she could do an extra fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year. Hey, we've already budgeted for about $20,000 a year of travel anyway. Yep. So now she's talking about yeah. you know, $35,000 to $40,000 a year of yep. travel. Yeah. So it came out of the equation. And, and it's not to say that she can't buy in the... It comes up every, every meeting that we have. It yep. comes up, you know, what if I want to buy again in the future and I say well if you want to buy again in the future we make that trade-off decision again yeah. at that point in time so it might yeah. come to the point in time where she says um, 20 years into her retirement it could even be earlier mm. uh, hey I'm done with traveling so much now yeah, I'd really I like to be settled, settled, be settled down yep. so you know you make that trade-off again at that point in time okay let's take some money out of your superannuation fund yep. tax-free yep. and and pay cash for a house at that point in time, or yeah. a unit, or whatever you want to live in at that point in time. So it's a series of trails. I mean, I always try to explain it back to a, a um, in simple terms, a, uh, a trade-off. Yeah. Because she likes to travel yeah. in this instance, yeah, that's right. the equation was that she could spend an extra 15000 or $20,000 um, plus live in a nicer house as well. So let's not forget about this. So yeah. renting is a frame of mind. Yeah. Because she still gets the use of that beautiful. Yeah. Now she's actually got a she's got a two bedroom unit right on the marina here in Townsville. Yeah. In I used to live in this complex. Yeah. I rented in this <laughs> yeah. complex. Yeah. So it is the best location in Townsville, yeah. I yeah. believe. Like yeah. it's, it's right. It's right at the quiet yeah. end of the Esplanade, the Strand. Yeah. Um, you know, you can walk to many, many different restaurants and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's right in the heart of the city. It's di- it's nice and quiet. So she gets the use of that. Even though she's renting, yeah, it's just the mental aspect that she yeah. knows that she doesn't own it, of yeah. course. Yeah, but she gets to use a beautiful, yeah, you know, two bedroom apartment. Yeah, plus she gets to do an extra fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year of travel. I think um, it's a, it's a it's a perfect scenario. You know, it's really interesting. So a couple of thoughts as you as you discuss. This is again one of those podcasts that I thought would be a five minute one, and now <laughs> I've had other thoughts as you. I think there's two parts. There's two things. I'm two thoughts, and I'll, I'll rattle through both of them before I forget. But I think when people think about renting, they do a thing where they remember when they were young and they had to live in scummy yeah. share houses because that's all they could yeah. afford to do. So in their mind, it's linked with renting means staying in some dive somewhere. Yep. So as you just said, you can rent a really nice place, and and that's yeah. you know, um, so that's something that if you think about renting, it's not. Not quite like it probably was when yeah. you were twenty and living in share houses and you know having to you didn't couldn't no. afford to stay in there decent. We're talking here about a fair comparison of renting somewhere really nice or owning somewhere really nice yeah. or, or whatever the case may be. This, the second thought that I just had was about I just realised that for a lot of people, I think this ties back to stories about money that they uh, probably experienced with their own parents or with mm. the older generation, which was that. What you really, what most people wanted to do was you worked through till sixty-five. You had your house paid off, mm. and you maybe had a little bit of money in the bank, but you basically had your house paid off, so you didn't have to worry about that, and you lived on age pension, and that was it. So there was really no thought about the trade-off of do I own or do I rent because it wasn't, it just wasn't up for negotiation. You didn't, no. it didn't matter whether you had one point six million dollars in retirement or. $1.2 million and own your own home. It wasn't a decision that needed to be made. No, in fact, it, you could have significantly less than that Yeah, based on longevity, yeah. based on yeah, how long yeah, you're actually so. going to live in retirement. Yeah, so. so I think that's, I guess the point to me is that 
if you're leading in retirement, you, it is a decision to make. It's, it's that, you know, if you've got $1.2 million in superannuation and you've got a $500,000 house, you, you have that house, or, and, and, you know, whether you own it or not, but that's a decision to make is to, every, every day that you decide to keep that house is a decision that you're making to do that. It's not just set in stone that you have to own your own home throughout retirement. No, that's right. And, there, and there's, there's a trade-off to that. There's an opportunity cost of owning the yeah. house. Yeah. Um, it, I, I, I keep using the word luxury. I think it is a luxury yeah. to be able to own a house yeah. or own a, a premises in yeah. retirement. Yeah. If you're going to be short of where you want to be, yeah. then that's the time to actually start exploring yeah. alternatives. Yeah. And again, for Liz, it was the scenario of yeah. um, of an extra fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year in travel. Yeah, living's still a beautiful place. Yeah, just that 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 um, that she's renting it. It's a big mind shift to get around for a lot oh, yeah. of people. I find. Yep. Um, she can always, she's got the money now to buy yeah. whenever she wants to. Yeah. But right now it makes her, it makes just so much more sense from her lifestyle yeah. to be able to spend that money on, on travel, especially early in her retirement and as that, well. That's exactly the point that I was about to make there is that if you look at a lot of those variables that I was just talking about there where you go, to me the, the early years of retirement are probably the key times when, when you would want to be resting, uh, renting rather than owning hmm. because... Uh, Number one, your lifestyle does change a fair bit over that time, but also you're probably going to be doing a lot more travel. You're going different places, doing different things. Your life will, you will want to be spending probably more time out of the home or away. Yeah, that's than, right. Than when you're when you're a bit older, and that's I guess the point is that, um, yeah, you, you touched on that point there. Of I think if you, for many people, if you make that decision to to sell. Then that's it. You're you're a renter for the next thirty years, and yeah. you're at the whims of real estate yeah. agents and landlords, and that's just not the case. You can you can choose to say in, in Liz's case, you can choose. Well, I'm I'm going to rent for a period of time. Yes, and I'm going to go and travel and do all these things. Whenever I whenever I decide that owning a home is more important to me than yeah. than being able to afford to go and do this travel, she'll just take that money back out of her super fund and and go and buy a home, and she'll be back in the same yeah. Same and look, sort of look, they're really neat thing about this as well is the house that she was into her so she's yeah. always going to move away from yeah. the house which which would be true for many many people yeah. approaching retirement yeah the house that they raise the kids in yeah doesn't suit doesn't them, suit them yeah. going forward in retirement because of those reasons that you listed there dallas yeah. so um yeah. you know the house is too big it's in the wrong place now yeah. Yeah. everyone's moved Damn, everyone's away we do away different we do now. different things now no one ever so, in the pool so so you don't have to sell and then buy yeah. a replacement house you can yeah sell, yeah. get that money into your superannuation fund yeah. with the downsizer contributions now. We won't go into that yeah, in detail yeah. here, but but effectively you're putting that money to use mm. and you can you can um, easily, easily, easily for most people afford to pay rent now because yeah. you don't have the holding costs. Yeah. We go back to a misconception as well, which is rent is dead money. I think everyone's got that in the back of their head. That's yeah. Whoever made that saying up needs to be shot because <laughs> no, it's well, just well, it's no, rubbish. You know, no. you know what I find interesting? It's, it's like it's, everything is dead money. It, it'd be yeah. like saying buying clothes is dead money. Well, of course, it's, it, your it's, life is full of consumer expenditure that is just yeah. that's what you choose to spend your money on. Yeah. In the same way that no one ever says a car is dead money, which it is, but yeah. you go that's just what that's what life costs. It, it it's is. funny though. Yeah, compared to to ownership though, rent isn't dead money. No. Um, Cheap. In Liz's case, 
you know, to hold that house yeah. versus selling that house yeah. and putting that money into productive use, which was into her super fund, yeah. um, paying out the loan that she still had on there, yeah. um, and being able to afford to rent. Yeah. The differential in all of that yeah. is that she can afford an extra 15000 or 20000 yeah. a year yeah. after after subtracting yeah, out no, rent. So yeah. rent, rent, rent is, is well, certainly not dead money I think compared to the holding costs. That is, that is and also... And the opportunity cost of not having that money actually working for you. Yeah. So I go back again, it is a luxury to own a house yeah. um, in retirement and if you are short of where you're going to be, yeah. then... It's then worth, worth looking at. Well, not even if you're going to be sure to where you're going to be. If you if you do want to spend an extra yeah. Yeah. money on travel every <laughs> yeah. year, yeah. then then That's it's right. one of those things that you can have a look at. Yeah. Especially if you are going to sell because that house isn't right for you. Yeah. Um, there's 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 a what we're talking about here is a period of time in between where you just don't own a house. Yeah. And you have that money working for you. You draw extra. Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly right. Is the the other. Key one, like I was just saying, I think it's a it's a hangover of the, the concept of you, you get to retirement, you have your house paid off, and probably not much else. Is that um, particularly in Townsville? I mean, you're aware of this more than anyone. That just because you have your house paid off doesn't mean you never have any housing costs left in retirement. Mm. You still have your rates, you still have your insurance, you still have all of your maintenance, you still have yep. all those things. So it's it's not as easy as going well i've i've got that i've got the housing sorted i never have to reach in my pocket again you yeah. still have you still have a decision to make as to do i keep paying all these housing costs even though my house is paid off do i still yeah. keep paying rates insurance all the rest of it maintenance do i have to worry about that or do i rent they're both dead money that's kind of the point i was making is that yeah. no one ever says rates is dead money even though no. it's the same concept well here is yeah i mean so for liz for example before even the loan costs it was costing her in maintenance um insurance and rates and water yeah costing her fourteen thousand dollars a year yeah so she pays about twenty four thousand dollars a year yeah. in um rent yeah however she now has significant amounts of yeah she she literally has another yeah. Three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars invested. Yep, um, which is earning yeah a rate of return for her that adds up to about thirty thousand dollars a year. Yep. So yeah, so, so she's short. She's she's lost there's 10, the, but she's there's the up twenty. 30, yeah. There's the twenty thousand yep. dollars that she gets to spend. Yeah, um, in, um, uh, every 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 year. So and I think so. The the, the and this point. works everywhere because there's an there's a there's a there's a man <laughs> that you and I know that um, lives in Sydney. Yeah, we won't go. Peter is his name. We won't go into his surname, but um, and he's in the industry back when you could sell and put a million dollars into superannuation. Yeah. yeah, when the Howard government was still around. Yeah, there was one particular financial year. Yeah, um, they sold a Sydney property worth two million dollars. Yeah, popped a million dollars each into their superannuation funds. Yep, turned that into a tax-free yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, account-based pension. Yep. Almost the following day, yeah. um, that derived conservatively about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars of tax-free income yep. from for them, yep. and they took out seventy thousand dollars and paid rent yep. for that, and picked up the fifty. And picked up fifty. Now they didn't. They picked up more than fifty because they fully owned their yep. two million dollar house. Yeah, but it was costing them about yep. thirty thousand dollars a year in maintenance, yep. rates, water, insurance, all those types of things. Yeah. So the no, differential right. for these people is is. Yeah. Is substantial. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about eighty thousand dollars extra yeah. that they have from per year uh, for every year yeah. of the retirement and doing that. So it it works. And I mean, if you're listing in Sydney, obviously with the the gas prices the way they are, 
if you're conceivably thinking of even moving out of Sydney, yeah, yeah, selling in there, yeah. this works, yeah, even well, better. It's one of those, like I say, I, I the, the 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 numbers. I feel like um, what's the there's a there's a character in mythology of the the prophet that, that says things and no one ta- no one listens. It, it's yeah. kind of one of those things. I've been for ten years of my life. I've been saying these numbers just don't stack up. And people just keep sort of shrugging their shoulders and going by a house. Okay, yeah. well, I'll just and that's the I'll way it's always going to be. Yeah, um, so people will always buy houses. Yeah, and look, I'm full disclosure. I'm a yeah. I'm an owner of a house. Yeah, I actually realise that for what it is, though, yeah. I know it's costing it's a luxury me money. Good. Yeah, yeah, and it's a luxury. So if I had yeah. that money tied up, yeah, um, yeah, somewhere else, I could tie it up in a, a, a way more productive yeah. enterprise if I was able to yeah. rent that house. For um, a period of time, so I, I realised it is a cost yeah. of doing that. A final thought that I just had, um, as well. I said we've taken a five-minute podcast and made it a half-an-hour one. But a final thought that I had is what people maybe aren't aware of is that, and we've talked a bit about this with how much how much income can you draw in retirement and different mm-hmm. ways to draw an income. Being able to vary how much income you draw out of your retirement savings every year is a huge advantage. In, in making sure that you don't run out of money. And what yeah. I mean by that is that, and, and this is kind of where I think renting is, is, again, those early years of retirement are sort of the danger years of when you'll run out of money. And what I mean by that is once you get into your 80s and beyond, you, you, you're probably, it doesn't really matter what you've done by there. No. You, you, your goose is cooked if that is the case. You are going to run out of money if not. But yeah. From if you're retiring at sixty or sixty-five, those first five to ten years, that will really impact how much, what investment returns do over that five to ten years, and how much money you pull out of your retirement savings in those years. That really sets the tone for whether you'll run out of money or not. Mm. So, if you're retiring at sixty and you go, well, I've got thirty years to live, I think I can afford to live in this sort of a house. Now, it would be a great thing if if you could get five years down the road or three years down the road and go, investment returns have been way stronger than what we thought. We can actually afford to, to live in a much much nicer place than what we originally thought. We can just dial that up, dial up that expense and go and rent somewhere much nicer, go and rent something that um, is you know, more expensive with the view to going, well, if things change, if, if markets drop, if our retirement savings drop, if our other expenses increase for whatever reason, we can just turn around and flip the switch and, and go and rent somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, to use use round numbers there, if you're renting somewhere for thirty grand a year, or if your housing costs thirty thousand dollars a year, so if, if you own your home and it costs you, yeah, you know, whether it's twenty or thirty thousand dollars, if that's a fixed expense, that's a real that's a real killer in years where markets drop because you have to take that thirty thousand dollars out. Yeah, that's right. Now, if you're spending thirty thousand dollars a year on rent and and things drop or you have other expenses and you can go and you know, downsize for a couple of years and go and rent somewhere cheaper and spend twenty thousand dollars. It's not ideal because obviously that's mm. not what we want to do. But the ability to do that has a huge impact to your outcomes over twenty years. Yeah. You know, being able to dial that down for a few years while markets are down means you're not selling down those retirement savings while prices are down. Yep. You give that a chance to recover. What that probably means is a few years down the road, instead of going back and renting the thirty thousand dollar place again, you're probably going to rent somewhere forty thousand dollars mm. once markets have recovered. So that's, I guess, the, the big thing. As I say, is separate to the, the 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 thing that you don't probably know where you want to live or what is going to be important to you in that first five ten years of retirement is you really don't know what you can afford. 
and, mm. and the ability to dial it up or down is going to make a really big difference to making sure that you're not going to run out of money. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.